Good evening and welcome to the weekly football review show with myself, Gav Mack, and I'm joined today by co-host Alex Osborne and a special guest in James Campbell, FA Core Referee Development Coach. Ooh, very shiny. Um, so today it's the international break, so we'll be talking about everything that's happened this week and what's going to be coming up as well. Um, we'll also be talking about some refereeing stuff. So if you've got any questions or queries in regards to the refereeing world, well, your man's just here. Um, don't ask him too much though, he's wearing it to his shirt for God's sake. Um, it's to a top of the weekly football review show. We are live from Stalker's studio in association with the male coach, my favourite boozer, and with Macau Sports Bar and Grill, my favourite boozer in New York. So anytime you find yourself in New York, get yourself down there, West 51st and 8th. Fantastic. So um, let's talk about England because we are English and that's what we do. Um, first of all, we'll go to Thursday night's game. And England's emphatic victory over Montenegro, 7-0, they ran out winners in that one. Um, what were your thoughts of the game, Alex? Uh, well, uh, I, I called it quite early, you know, in the group chat, that it, I fancied England to get at least six or seven, because it shaped up that way very early on, and mm. it obviously proved to be. Well, England, are very uh, since that loss to Czech Republic, they've responded really well, haven't they? They've won 6 0 um, against uh, Bulgaria, they won seven nil against uh, Montenegro. They won four nil tonight. Mm-hmm. That's seventeen goals, no goals conceded. Uh, again, you could say the standard of competition maybe not the best, and you would be right in saying that. However, I w- watched England ever since I was a little boy, and I'm pretty certain even when we've had our so-called golden generation, we weren't dispatching teams with the such clinical nature, ruthlessness that we have been. Recently. Yeah, very true. You've got um, to turn up to these games, haven't you, James? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, we've we scored the most amount of goals out of any of the other nations. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can argue the standard hasn't been what we're going to be playing next summer, but equally so of other nations. Everyone's got that kind of rub of the jaw. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we kind of flew out the blocks on, on Thursday night and uh, put in quite an exciting display, which is great at Wembley. Yeah. Um, but, but In yeah, the thousandth game as well. Thousandth game. There was a lot on it. Great uh, great atmosphere. And uh, we, we put the performance to please everyone out there. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, Alex Osway, Chamberlain opened the scoring after 11 minutes. Lovely finish. Uh, Harry Kane scores a hat-trick as well. He's now the fifth highest goal scorer in England history um, Rashford he got on the score sheet as well it's good to see him scoring goals again regularly you know scoring regularly for Manchester United again um, it was a known goal but no one really cares about that Tammy Abraham got his uh, <laughs> got, he got his, his first goal in, in England colours yeah, great to see him come off the come off the bench and do something good for us. Um, he's doing really well for Chelsea, doing excitingly well in the Premier League. So mm-hmm. for him to now do that in an England shirt, um, like like we said, you know the the golden generation. We've got something really exciting going yeah. on now. Mm. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Today's game saw England, as Alex um, alluded to earlier on, uh, win four 0 away to Kosovo. It wasn't the easiest game to watch, in all in, in all honesty. But uh, Harry, uh, Harry Winks' first goal in England's shirt as well. Uh, Harry Kane scoring again. Imagine but, that. That's 12 goals. In, well, so he's in the first English player now to score in every game of the qualifiers for England Correct. during a qualifying yeah. campaign. Yeah, so, and he scored the most goals in an England goal, shirt. I think he's the top goal scorer in the, in the qualies as well, over Ronaldo. Yeah, he's the, he's, he's the, he's scored the most goals in the calendar year for England. The highest amount since uh, well ninety years ago, yeah. apparently, which is which is pretty shiny. Rashford first goal for England whilst scoring from off the bench, and then Mason Mount right at the end. But my question is, what has James Madison got to do to get into the starting lineup? <laughs> that hasn't helped him at all, has it, Mason Mount bagging? Please, please don't talk to me about this because I already have a. Uh, and then healthy obsession with James Madison. I think he's a very, 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 very good player. Um, I am a slightly perplexed as to how... Don't get me wrong, Mason Mount, I, I think he's good as well. But James Madison has been playing in the Premier League longer. He's been in the top fight for longer, doing it consistently. Mount really has only come in this season and done it. Yet he seems to have jumped ahead of Madison in the queue. And it's it could only be... That the fact he's playing for Chelsea rather than he's playing for Leicester, uh, then Madison's playing for Leicester. However, 
when I look at the table, Leicester are right there with Chelsea. And Leicester, are, I'd say, have got as every bit of good a team as Chelsea have. Yeah, I, um, I think Leicester, already called it out a couple of weeks ago, I think Leicester dark horses for the Premier League this year. Um, so, I, I, I can only, th- I've, I've, I mean, I've heard rumours that he's a little bit full of himself off the pitch. Yeah, but sometimes then, you need that sort of swagger well, of ego. Say, yeah, I was going to say, but that's obviously it, it clearly is rubbing Southgate the wrong way because I mean, look tonight, Pope started. Okay, I'm a bit surprised that Abraham didn't start today. I thought he mm. might have given him a chance rather than came qualification already wrapped up. But you know, that's that's it is what it is. There, um, Harry Winks again played again. Oxlade Chamberlain played again, and Hudson Odoi. That was the other one. He he got his chance tonight, didn't he? So yeah, I'm, surpri- I'm surprised that with those. Um, uh, debutant, or I say debutants, those, those players that have come into the role that he didn't then give the chance to Madison. But uh, I, it's clearly that Southgate prefers other players over him. Yeah, um, which is a bit of a shame to be honest. I, I, I think if England are going to really challenge next summer, along uh, uh, forgetting the major flaws that I think they've got a goalkeeper and centre half which is quite funny because traditionally England have always been strong in those areas in yeah. the years past. Yeah. Madison is your creative player, number 10, who would be the more further advanced of your three in midfield who can unlock a defence such as when you play Italy or you play Spain or you play Germany when the chances are not coming f- uh, fast and flowing like they have been in the qualifying campaign. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if Mason Mount is quite that player. I think Mason Mount's more of a player, I think... It's quite fun. It's quite apt that he's playing for him. Um, I think he's more of a, an attacking midfielder in the Lampard role. Someone who arrives late, he will get you a goal and potentially an assist, but might not necessarily have the creative spark to unlock a tight defence if that doesn't work. Whereas yeah. I think Madison has that ability in him. Do you feel that then maybe Mount and Madison could play in a Salakan midfield three with a with a defensive midfielder in there against the weaker sides? Yeah. But I do think against a stronger side that could leave England quite exposed. So, and that was the point I was going to make because I would rather Mason Mount get off the bench, show what he could do against a Kosovo, but then utilise Madison. You know, you know, we've got a long way between now and the summer to get ready for the summer. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have, dare I say it, with no disrespect to the people we have been playing so far, and you know, for hats off to Kosovo for their banner and everything at the end of the game with the respect they showed towards us. Yeah. However, it'll be great to see Madison get tested against a nation that could give him that test. So yeah. I'd rather have Mount get off the bench and do well against uh, a Kosovo, a Montenegro, whoever. Let's test Madison against them stronger nations. Yeah, oh, it'd be very interesting to see. Um, England, they've, they've stormed the group. They did have that one defeat against Czech Republic. But now that they've qualified for Euro 2020, they will be playing all three games at Wembley. Amazing. How much, how much, how much of, a, of a benefit will that have on England? I think it's going to be amazing. I mean, uh, I'm guessing I'm a little bit older than you two, so I remember Euro 96 very, very well. Oh, no, I can remember Euro 96. Oh, good. Painfully. Yeah, I do remember it. You know, like, I do remember it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is painful memories. Like, was, it was painful. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I was eight turning nine. Oh, right. oh, no, that's oh, okay. I remember. But <laughs> the buzz we had in the country during Euro 96 and, and the atmosphere at the game and you know, you know, Pierce banging out the national anthem. Yeah, that's going to be great. It's going to be amazing, and I think that advantage. There's going to be a lot of teams that are going to get a lot of advantage, and it's how we then take that on the road when we have to go to Dublin or Rome for yeah. you know some pinnacle games. So let's embrace it, but uh, see I, how the knockout goes. I've got a feeling it's going to have a feel of a home tournament, a bit like the United situation, because if England do progress. From the group stages, which we fully expect them to anyway, mm-hmm. and that's no disrespect to any teams that are out there. You know they're going to be one of the top six seeds, so that should put them in a good good position to to go further on in the competition. If they go past the the quarterfinal, well, the last sixteen and the quarterfinals, the semi final and the final is at Wembley, so that could have major, major impact on England and how far they get along. Um, Though, obviously, with the ticket allocation, the UEFA will split it, won't it? Because this is the big gripe about it. 
the vast majority of those tickets will be for corporate, won't they? So there'll only actually yeah, actually be only a small percentage of those tickets like probably made Champions available. Final. Yeah, so it'll, yeah. Be, it'll be done in a very similar vein. However, obviously, that doesn't stop England fans from being able to access those tickets. They're yeah, probably not necessarily true. available. It gives an opportunity to, but to celebrate as well. It, 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 I think it's more down to the fact that players will feel comfortable because they they'll 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 know Wembley. They'll be in the change rooms. They'll they have their routine. They're at home. They'll stay in the same hotel. Mm. They'll train the same way. So it'll be from that aspect. Yeah. England will feel comfortable because obviously that doesn't change. Whereas when you go to a when you go to an away fat, a, a ground where you don't play as often, if if you've ever done, you don't know what the change rooms are like. You don't know if they're a bit cramped, a bit cold, mm-hmm. and then you don't know how to uh, prepare for that going into that. And then of conversely, then that shows on the pitch, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, of course. Is it coming home? Uh, it's coming home, boys. It's coming home. Uh, one team we would love it to come home is Wales. Uh, Wales in Group E. They are currently third in their table at the moment. They are a point behind Hungary, but they have got a showdown with Hungary tomorrow. So if they win that, they'll get automatic qualification into the Euros. They played on on uh, th- Thursday, Friday night. Friday, uh, Friday night uh, with a two 0 win away to Azerbaijan. Uh, Moore with his first goal for Wales after ten minutes, and Harry Wilson, who I, I love, Harry Wilson, great world well player. Yeah. Um, he scored after thirty four minutes, and uh, and yeah, so they're they're all good. And Croatia, they won the group, and they won three one on the weekend against Slovakia. God, my name's Gavin. I can't read. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're all good. They don't need to worry about anything. So they're through. They're home and dry. Um, Scotland are not very good. Is that nice? I actually struggle to remember the last time Scotland looked like they could do something. I think it has been a little while. And it's yes. a shame because they, they do generally produce really good players. Well, yeah, you think of some of the players they've got playing right now. Well, uh, definitely a favourite of our show, John McGinn. We love John McGinn. Um, they've uh, got excellent... Scott, <laughs> Scott McTominay, who's uh, the other co-host, Cotton, he's not here today, but his probably is... I think he's, he's the favourite player for United. Oh, I think so, yeah. I think he's got one on the back of one of his shirts. Yeah. You know, um, they, they went out to Cyprus. Lovely, lovely place, especially this time of year. Yeah. Um, always, always sunny. And won a 1-2-1. One, one, and John McGinn got himself on the score sheet again. They are going into the playoffs because of their position in the, in the Nations League. Do they honestly believe... This is not a disrespect to Scotland, but they, do they honestly believe that they can if they do get through to the Euros, create something and, and try and make something happen? I think there's been a, an air of pessimism over Scottish football for a little while uh, with the national team. I think there's a, there is that belief. But then, you know, let's look at Northern Ireland. Not long ago, you know, they, they were on the a bit of a whipping boy scale. Mm. But... They turn into something pretty good. Yeah. The same with Wales. Scotland's time's got to be due. Mm. It can't be that far away. And with uh, Clark in charge now, yeah. really great coach. Um, he proved that as a manager, not being so lucky, but he's a coach. He's got some really good minerals about him. Mm. Their time's got to come. Don't think it's right now. But hopefully in the next couple of years, they'll, they'll start becoming a, a nation that people are going to fear going to again. Yeah. But their template should be Wales, what, what Wales did in the lead of and during Euro 2016, right? Yeah, because the Welsh League is well, well, non-existent. You know, it comes when people are doing the, the scores at the on a weekend, they'll go through the Premier League, Championship, all the way down. They'll go through to Scotland, they'll do a couple of non-league leagues, and then they'll do the Welsh League. There's no Welsh... Born players, well, no, Welsh born, obviously, but there's no Welsh players playing for Welsh clubs that are coming through. They're all going over to England or, or wherever to try and make a name for themselves. So, well, is that something that the Scottish national side needs to do more? They need to stop looking at teams like Motherwell and, um, and Kilmarnock for their talent and start trying to feed Scottish players out of the Scottish, uh, Scottish Premier League and into, into something else. Well, the point I was going to make was Newport County's game was called off yesterday because of international call-ups, and that's because the third-choice goalkeeper for Wales, I believe, plays for Newport County. Oh, so, <laughs> if they get a couple of injuries or a couple of suspensions in a major tournament, with no disrespect to Newport County, but you know you've got to be playing up. 
You know, the, yeah. the five big divisions in Europe, championship being one of them. So yeah. even if they're a Cardiff or a Swansea player, they're going to be getting <clears throat> good football. So they do need to be looking at the big clubs yeah. to get the consistent performance at the levels they need to to compete with other people. Yeah, um, Belgium are ranked the number one team in the world right now and they won 4-1 away to Russia. Now, they're, they're cruising. They haven't lost a game in the qualification. Russia actually joined them to qualify for next season's uh, for next year's tournament. Hazard got on the score sheet, so Torgan opened the scoring. Eden Hazard scored two goals in two minutes, and then Romelu Lukaku he bagged as well with eighteen minutes to go. Um, they're they're fine. They're the thing is for me. I always say about Belgium being a bit like Tottenham. They've got the starting eleven down to a T. Depth outside that. Yeah. Well, I, I, I can see them going far in the tournament, but I don't know how far. How, I don't think they'll go as far as everyone's everyone will think. It'll be, it'll be their their ceiling will be like it was in the World Cup semi-finals on the verge of pushing into the final, unless they come against France, who I think are going to probably be there and there again, and they they've probably got the most. When you say you look at Belgium, yeah, they've probably got definitely one of the top two or three strongest 11s in uh, starting 11s mm. in the euros yeah. but when as you say when you then start to look at their second and third and fourth subs you're kind of like okay now you start to see where the quality then drops mm-hmm. like when you take out the kaku who are you going to bring in benteke who hasn't scored a goal since he was born and then you've got someone like um, you, you, who do you bring in say like uh, Thomas Munia who I think is a little bit I, I think I'm not a big fan of his um, so you, you then start to look at the quality dropping quite drastically outside of that top of that starting 11 you can't play the same 11 all the way through the uh, tournament mm. however they have got some genuine match winners on their day Hazard being one of them um, Which one? Because Torgan is, is tearing it up well, as well. He, well no, yeah. it's even. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but they're, they're, they'll be there or thereabouts. Whether they can get over the hump, if the if the kind if the draw falls kindly for them, then yeah, you never know. I think it's all going to be about the luck of the draw yeah. the Euros yeah. this time round. You yeah. know, it's it's about who's going to be in them pots. You know, where Portugal going to be? Uh, you know, some of the teams that we need to avoid. Yeah. Where are they going to be? And I think that's going to be the same. I think it's going to be one of the strongest Euros for a little while. I think it's mm-hmm. a little more open this year. Mm-hmm. You know, Italy have quietly gone about their game at the yeah. moment. Uh, and it's mad because they're unbeaten as well. They're yeah, absolutely. But no one's talking, about, talking them. about them. You know, Apart from their been... lovely two away kits that they've got now, the green one and the white one. Lovely, oh. lovely, lovely, lovely jerseys. That's your secret Santa sorted out. Yeah, it? exactly. <laughs> if anyone wants to know, fantastic. Just don't get your junior yeah. on the back. Um, <laughs> um, Ireland can qualify automatically. They play against Denmark in the next couple of days. Um, Switzerland are currently second in their group on 14 points. But what they've done this year uh, is is change the format. So goal difference, ignore it. It's all about head-to-head. So if Ireland beat Denmark, why is it always Mm Ireland-Denmark? It's always (laughs) Ireland-Denmark, you know. It's like when Liverpool-Chelsea always used to play against each other in the Champions League and stuff. So Ireland, they're hosting Denmark on Monday night, tomorrow night. uh, Well, it could be late on today for listening to the podcast. And if Ireland win that, they leapfrog. Uh, well, they go into the qual- uh, into the tournament as proper, and then Denmark will then join the playoffs in March. Ireland, I think they're a weird one because they're a little bit like Northern Ireland. They've got a bit of cohesion now. They've got a bit of team ethic, so they could do something. But once again, where are, where are Ireland well, going? Ireland have always been traditionally after England. If you're looking at these shores, I know they're not part of the British Isles, mm. but they've always been that next team down. They've traditionally, haven't they? I've always remembered them as as being the next one down. You know, there was that World Cup USA '94 when, yeah. when they got to there, and England didn't, and they were the only ones representing. And they've been to other tournaments. They got to the, they've got to a couple of other World Cups and Euros mm. since then, haven't they? Yeah. Whereas Wales has only been to one from my recollection, and Scotland again, only one. I think the World Cup '98. And then Northern Ireland also against that Euros, the last year. Yeah, 2016. So Ireland have always been that next step down. I think they... I think they're obviously traditionally from from history of that. Then 
it, it is bought um, their football has been held in high regard so where where Ireland I think Ireland can just hope for to qualify for the tournament to make a few waves and 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 just do their country proud I know that that, mm. that probably sounds really condescending but I, I think that's that that's really what all that they can hope for because again hard work and cohesion will only take you so far you will need talent and I, I, forgive me if I'm being ignorant here I can't really I don't really know who Ireland's talent is. Exactly well, my pal that. Callum Robertson is a English, is a Irish international. What's good, Callum? If you're watching the show, um, well, he's born down the road, <laughs> weren't he? Um, and then <laughs> you've got like Alan Connolly's coming through from from Brighton. He's, <laughs> he's he's starting to look a little bit shiny in the Premier League. But yeah, you're right. There's not really a lot of real top talent coming through. You know, when you're still playing like players like well, it's the, in, it's the infrastructure there. And mm. uh, talk about infrastructure. I'm sure this is where. Your man here will come in and talk about that with the referee. Oh, we'll and talk about that later on in the show, for sure. Indeed. Um, Northern really? Ireland, they were able to pick up a draw at home to Holland, which is a fantastic result. Mm. However, it's not going to take them any further than a playoff berth in March. Germany, they ran off with that one. They're four, they won 4-0 against Belarus. Um, Hinter on the score sheet Goretzka Tony Kroos with a couple as well lovely lovely stuff um, Spain I want to talk about Spain and the reason why I want to talk about Spain because yes it's only Malta lovely place lovely holiday destination as well a bit like Cyprus they won 7-0 but the second goal came from Santi Cazorla yes. his first international first goal ever. in well his first international appearance in four years wow. and his well, he's, they said he was never going to play football again. Like, how? What? What a fairy tale that is! Great story, great mm. story. I mean, Spain, Spain are a bit of a funny one because you know the, the rampant Spain that we saw from five seven years to two thousand and absolutely. 18. And you know, when when they were last on the international stage, they they still did all right, but they 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 just missed that one extra spark, that one yeah. that one little star. To kind of pull them all together, you know, with insignia mm. that they grew old. Yeah, yeah the old insignia yeah. and Torres left, lost form and stuff. I think they'll do well. I think they'll go through probably semis. Can I see them as a winner? Not at this moment. Can I see them being in the final? Do you know what? Not at the moment. I mm. think there's a lot of stronger countries out there. Yeah, but I, w- I would say England is stronger than Spain. I feel almost as if England and Spain have kind of swapped roles a little bit here. Uh-huh. As in, like England are on the verge of being able there's to do what Spain do, did, yeah. and Spain are kind of like they will look at their players and think, oh, well, on their day. They'll do good. They'll, yeah. they, they can they can win us a game. However, it won't be consistent enough. I mean, mm. put it this way: Danny Ceballos is starting games for Spain, and I don't think he's up to much, really. Oh, I don't um, think he's so. Up to much no, I think I think that's then. I think that's their level, just there, isn't it? You know. Yeah, they're on the on the cusp of what they first what, first yeah. first knockout round, maybe quarterfinals, and then they'll get beaten by a better team. Yeah, very true. And uh, I sort of like saved. Well, I won't. No, I want to talk about Portugal last in this section of the show because there's there's a there's a little segue part of that, um, and um, we spoke about it already today. Myself and Alex were wandering down, um, and uh, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I'll just go through the run through the teams that are qualified already for next year's tournament. So we've got England, Czech Republic, uh, Ukraine, Spain, Sweden, Poland, France. Turkey, Belgium, Russia, Italy, Finland. Finland, their first ever ever major tournament that they'll be they'll they'll be entering. Uh, Croatia, Austria, Holland, and Germany. Permutations that will be happening. Uh, Group A: Kosovo and Bulgaria will go into the playoffs from the Nations League. These all these playoff games are going to be in March, which all everyone's excited about. Um, Group B: Serbia. They're in the playoffs. Group C. Northern Ireland and Belarus there in the playoffs. Group D, Ireland with a win over Denmark. Well, whoever wins between Ireland or Denmark will then go into Euro 2020 and the other team will go into the playoffs alongside Georgia. Um, Group E, uh, Slovakia, they're in the playoffs and the winner between Wales and Hungary, once again, 2020 or the playoffs. Group F, Romania, Norway, playoffs. Group C, uh, sorry, Group G, North Macedonia and Israel, they're going to be in the playoffs. Group H, Iceland, Iceland, they've fallen off. Yeah, uh, I think I think the Nations League probably ruined them a little bit because they were part of like League A and yeah. they are not weren't strong enough. No, they're not. They're, they're a starting eleven side as well. Group I and um, 
Jay have got Scotland and Bosnia respectively going into the playoffs. But Group B, Group B, um, Portugal. Portugal, they won both their games this weekend. 6-0 win over Lithuania with Cristiano Ronaldo scoring um, 90 Six ninety seven ninety eight, and then today they um, they beat Luxembourg away two 0 just to guarantee themselves into the Euro twenty twenty, and he got his ninety ninth. Now Cristiano Ronaldo is an absolute machine, and he is someone who galvanizes his nation and mm-hmm. takes them places. He is, I think, the best international striker we've ever seen, and. People will talk about Argentina and they'll be like, oh yeah, you know, Messi, but he's never done it at international level, um, apart from uh, an Olympic Games in 2008. And then you've got, well, you know, um, and then Brazil, people talk about Brazil with original Ronaldo, I like to call him, mm. you know, what, what, what a player he was. Pele. I think Pele's a fraud. Changed my mind. I'm, I'm not getting involved with this because it, and here's why right yeah I, I, I can understand where you're coming from because as, as we were joking earlier he probably counted the goals he scored in the backyard with his kids but at the same time we didn't get to see him play and the only footage and records we do have is, um, is of him as a 17 year old a 17 year old not only scoring in the World Cup final, he scored two, and then he also scored in the semi-finals as well as a seventeen-year-old. Mm-hmm. So you know, and then he scored in the uh, World Cup final the next year, uh, the next 22, World Cup final, yeah. and then oh, he, he was injured in '66. He got injured in the uh, group stages, yeah. but then he did it again in the seventh. So it's three Steady. separate, <laughs> <laughs> three Sounds separate everywhere. World Cups where he not only starred in. But he scored in the knockout stages and also then scored in the World Cup final in each as well. So, uh, to me, uh, that to me doesn't say that you're a fraud. You're doing it in the most... Uh, certainly at the time, whether you can argue whether the World Cup final now in football is the most important game of football in the world, you can certainly argue against that being the Champions League final. Yeah. Um, be, certainly being as of important, if not more. But back then, the World Cup final was the pinnacle of football yeah and he's done it in that world cup final under the most intense pressure because let's be honest brazilians will know about pele they would have all his hopes pinned on him and he's done it every single time he's got there so to me that doesn't tell me that he's a fraud mm. i think what you got to remember is football's changed massively yeah he changed you know he came on the scenes in the late 50s when they were still wearing shorts down to their ankles it was all very tally-ho, tally-ho, playing five up front, two yeah. at the back, um, like centre-halves and all, all this lingo. He was part of a Brazil team that went, do you know what, hold my beer, this is what football's going to be like for the next 25, 30 years. Mm. And because he was their goal scorer, I think that's where the legendary status comes mm. from. Yeah. So I respect the fact People call him a legend. And he is. Let's face it. He is a legend of the game. Is he the greatest ever striker? I agree. We haven't got the footage to go. Do you know what? Wow. Look we didn't at that. see it. We personally didn't we see it. Saw it. So is it Regency bias that you're thinking about Ronaldo? Well, yeah, well, because I, 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 look, I look at players like... Yeah, once again, we weren't born then. Our collective age will probably just about carry us over now we've got James with us. Um, but um, no, no worries. I'm here all week. Um, but like, you look at like what De Stefano did. You know, he won. He won. He, he like he, he changed nationality three times. He was a, yeah, he did but, what he wants. Yeah. But then he was. <laughs> but like from from nineteen fifty six until until like nineteen sixty one, like winning the European Cup over and over again. Frank Pushgas, you know, he changed the nationality as well. Yeah. That that, um, that Hungarian team should have won it. God knows how long ago. But they, you know, there was more to. I just felt there was more to like what they were doing at club level. To uh, including what they were doing at international level, I don't think Pele club level really. Pele Pele would score. Pele would be like doing like a couple of kickups in his garden, you know, and he'll score a worldie in the top bin. He's like, I'm having that one as I'm part of my list. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And 
Um, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sold by Pele. No, I, I, I'm not sold by. Okay, Pele. so my question. World, is World Cup final wise, yeah. Well, he did, did great at World Cup. Okay, finals. so take 17 year old Pele into the game now. Mm. Will he still perform at the level that he did uh, in that old game? 100. percent No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I think I can imagine him turning up against like a Stoke and just getting shot. You know, it's not it, it, like he's not like he's not going to have all that time to dance around players and stuff. You see, like Neymar, right? He's meant to be like the new. Well, he was meant to be the new savior of Brazilian football. And when he was coming out at, at Santos, uh, everyone was like, "Right, okay, Neymar." You know, he's and I, I bought it. I bought into that. But then you take him to a major tournament. Mm, you know what's going on. He's not but actually. Is that, that because of the team he's in? Yeah, but then you, yeah, but the Brazilian look, team hasn't been great for a little while. Yeah, but then you put him in the Barcelona team, the Barcelona team of not the the period of like oh eight to two thousand and twelve when they were just like uh, yeah. oh, how they even lost a, a game or even drew a game is still beyond me. Mm. But then when like because he was part of that next generation Barcelona, and whether he wants to be main man or not. It's clear he wants to be the main man, but he just wasn't. Oh, doing a couple of flicks. Oh, fantastic! You know, I don't, I don't, I don't think. I mean, I'd, I, I'd, 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 I think I think Neymar's a bit of a. I'd, well. I'd argue against. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Neymar, but I'd argue against the you saying a bit of a fancy flicks. There was the season, <clears throat> a season and a half, where Barcelona won the treble, and he was probably as influential as Messi during that treble season because I remember watching him. Certainly, on a few occasions that I did watching him in La Liga and uh, and then in the Champions League, and he was running the show. He mm. was running the show. So, I, I, I've I've got a feeling that yeah, I can understand where you're coming from, Pele. But I just got a feeling it's because we didn't see him, and so and because we're watching Ronaldo now. And yes, it's ridiculous what he's doing. His goal scoring record is stupid. It is that's I think that's that's the only word that comes to my mind. Mm. It's just stupid because. He he is scoring at a goal a game, if not more than a goal a game. Oh, and, and when he's doing that, over the age of thirty. How, how many players yeah. in the history of football can you count that's done has got a record of better of a goal of a game than a, a better yeah. than a goal a game over their career? Oh, it's only well, for Real Madrid. He did it. Was it four hundred and thirty games? He got four hundred and fifty goals for him, mm. and that's just of the. I mean, his career stats will show that he's got he's scored less goals per game than games he's played, but. That's, you know, counting his time when he was at Sporting Lisbon and mm-hmm. Manchester United. And don't forget, he when wasn't... he was at United, he wasn't an out-and-out striker. Yeah, exactly, striker. he wasn't no, an out-and-out striker. he didn't really striker. turn up until the season before he left. And he scored but 42 he goals. And free kicks. Yeah, and he scored 42 <laughs> goals in that season. And yeah, it's but... like, how is that even possible? And then after then, he just went on but to strength. I, 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 would, I would argue <laughs> that we have seen a better striker more recently than Pele than Ronaldo. And that was the, that was the Brazilian Ronaldo. I, yeah. would, I would argue... That when those those that prime Ronaldo from PSV to Barcelona to probably that first season at Inter Milan before he got a serious knee injury, that Ronaldo as playing as a striker, if we're going to compare him as strikers, he was playing at a higher level than this Ronaldo is now and has been previously. Well, I, I still will stand by the fact that original Ronaldo, Ronaldo Nazario Luis, um, he is the best striker ever to play the game. Um, we're joined here today, as I said, um, with a special guest, uh, not Alex Osborne, you've seen him before, um, with James Campbell. James Campbell is the FA Core Development Referee Coach. And yeah, just want to learn a little bit more about, about your role, what you're doing, and you know if there's any names that we should be looking out for in the future. Wow. Um, yeah, so basically what my role now in refereeing, I refereed for 23 years actively mm-hmm. um, last couple of years I've kind of gone a bit more full time on coaching so mm-hmm. what I'm doing I'm part of a quite a large network that the FA are investing in uh, with referees that we think have got something about them mm. we think that will get up to the next level God where was he when I was refereeing man <laughs> <laughs> carrying your kit bag <laughs> carrying your bag from the car um, but no what 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 we're looking for is you know they and, and we're we're trying to give them all a, a platform just to really push on and unlock that potential mm. and you know we, we've tried different things we're, the the doors really open now for referees to get up the ladder reasonably quickly mm. but 
we've done it without the support and we, we had all these robotics come through. But the last few years, we're starting to unearth some really good potentials because, mm. it, you know, you look at what's at the top now, they're an aging population, you know, we're, we're losing some really, really good referees in the next few years. Yeah. And my job, along with loads of different other coaches, is try and get those, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be coaching them at the top level because that's not my game, but mm. certainly starting towards the bottom, those that we can capture and start putting them on the journey up towards the top. Mm. So um, where, what areas do you cover with this? You know, is it like a, re- is it a regional thing? Or? Yeah, so I, I go all the way down to London. So I've got six lads that I look after. Uh, the furthest south I've got is uh, Bournewood, just inside the M25, mm-hmm. and I go out towards Swindon. I've got a referee over there. Okay, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a, a vast network. Uh, but yeah, they're all regionalised. So there's seven regions in the country uh, that all have between twenty-five and forty referees each. Yeah, and um, what sort of what um what sort of level are these referees at? So we've got some referees that are still quite new. Yeah. Um, These are fresh off the course refs. Not fresh. They've kind of had a year or two at grassroots level. So we've got people that are doing games to the equivalent down at the race course here in Northampton. Yeah. uh, All the way up to uh, we work with 2B. So they referee on the Conference South, Conference North. So Mm. we've got quite a golf. um, That is quite a wide... Distance, Quite a wide right. spectrum, how, absolutely. How, how many levels of football is that in between, would you say? Um, so between them, you're looking at... Uh, you've got about six steps of non-league football. To get to that point, yeah. And then you've got grassroots underneath that as yeah. well. So, you know, if you... If they were a club, yeah. they would need to get promoted ten times to get to the top of what we're coaching at the moment. Yeah. Wow. So, um, talking about obviously the coaching. So, what what is your what is specifically your job? You mentioned you know you're you're looking after these lads. What is it you you're trying to do? Are you trying to get them prepared? Are you trying? Are you teaching the basics of refereeing? What what, what exactly is it you do? So, with, with so when you're a referee, uh, the basics are taught locally by we've got county football association. Mm-hmm. So Northamptonshire's got one, Cambridgeshire uh, by the county. So they get all the basic tools at that stage. If they get shown promise and they go through a selection process, so they get nominated, they come out on a national development day, and if they pick them up and go, do you know what, there's something about this person, we can work with them, they get allocated a coach. So what we then do is we go and watch their games, we support them, we're on the end of the phone, mm. We uh, all their observations, so they get reports on their games of how they've done, we analyse that, we analyse their video footage, which is something we've done today, we've had a development day today. Mm-hmm. And it's just... It's just to unlock, our job is to unlock that potential, but also to get them ready for the next level of football that we think they're going to be operating on. And and it's not a case of pushing people through because they've got to be able to walk before they can run. But we are there to make sure they've got the right tools. You know, we, we talk about loads of different decisions and use clips and try and get them in the very best place because we need to get the quality at the top of our game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is like that. And it's exactly the same with a football club, you know. A football club, you know, Northampton Town, they've got probably about 12, 15 teams at youth level. And they're looking for that one person that's going to start for the first team or get yeah. on the bench for the first team. And we're the same. We've got that funnel as well. Mm. And, you know, there's, what, 29,000 referees in England. Mm. And there's only... A dozen in the Premier League. Yeah. So again, it's that final. It's quite, trying yeah. to unlock one, and there is some really exciting prospects coming up. So, any success stories that since you've been involved with this, any any ones, or have you not been in there, not been doing this long enough for that to happen yet? Well, this this program's four years old. Yeah. Uh, but we have not in my region. I'd love to take the credit, but I won't because <laughs> uh, it's nothing to do with me. But there is one lad that's on the football league that has, in the last four years, gone from um, level four, which is the, the great level you got up to uh, in your... You got there was it a career? Of course it was a career. It's nearly <laughs> ten years, man. <laughs> 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 
I didn't know if you could class it as a career. Of course it's a career. It's the longest job I've ever had. Knowing <laughs> <laughs> you on a personal level, that is fair. Um, but he went from level four, which is like UCL Premier here, yeah. and he's now on the Football League as a referee. As a referee? As a referee. So he has gone through the system really what, what, quickly. What, uh, what, hey, what's, what's, how, old is he? how old is he? Uh, my understanding is mid to late 20s. Okay, so what's, what's his, his name? name? Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember his name. I, I, we'll do a bit I'd of research to, on Yeah, I like to place the bet. So um, he, went, he went from four years? He did one season, one season, one right. season, bang. It's going to go get me, uh, get me boots. <laughs> go get uh, me. <laughs> I'm back out of retirement um, again for the third time. So, okay, so that, I mean, that's a great story, right? I mean, yeah. it, certainly, it certainly goes within the fact that you said you, the FA are now trying to fast track almost, it seems like. Or it's, it's not necessarily fast tracking. Do you get offended by that term, fast track? I only do because they've got to be ready right. to be there, yeah. Yeah. you know. There's, there's no point picking some kid off the park and go, do you know what? I like that penalty you did there. Next week, you're off to Old Trafford. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. we can't okay, right, do yeah. that. Maybe fast track was the word, wrong word to <laughs> no, no, use, no, no, but I was in case of having spoken to Gab with his experiences, he says he, he felt like there were a couple of occasions where it felt like there was almost a block in the way or it seemed like it was harder for him to progress when... He was showing the promise that maybe he, if he was doing it now, exactly, and it is that you know the the, the fast tracking nature is because the doors are being unlocked a little bit quicker, yeah. right? And you've got the tools, uh, the tools. We're more savvy. We're we're, we're being a lot more human in refereeing, and that's yeah. what we're really trying to push across. And you know, regardless of any feeling, whether you're down your local part looking at a referee or in the stands, we're all human. Yeah. We're, we're all absolutely yeah. human and we're trying to bring a lot more of that human element and getting rid of some of the red tape and the barriers and you know if you're good enough you deserve the opportunity and that's that's the way we look at it now yeah cool. I think that's I think that's key do you think that there's um, is there do you see that there's been more interest in being in, in becoming a referee since this initiative has happened is there because obviously, as you're saying, there seems to be there, there's a there's a there's at the top level. There's more opportunity for people to come as there's through, more yeah. opportunity, but at the top level, because you've got a few referees going to be retiring soon. Obviously, you need people to then step into that shoes to carry mm. on with refereeing games. Um, at the level that you guys are at and below, do you think that there's more interest now in being a referee? And since this initiative has started, I think there is because people can see the opportunities. Um, You've got to think, you can make a career uh, refereeing, you know, the guys yeah, at the top, even to the championship are full-time now. Mm. Um, and to be fair, even the guys down to the National League, the old conference, it is effectively full-time, you know. You see the travel they do, the commitment they do. Trying to hold that with your full-time career and job, it's really tricky. So the... the, the, the um, the pathways to get into the professional game, I would say, are a lot easier than they ever have done. Mm. We still train a lot of referees. You know, we, we get a lot of people that come on for the course for so many different reasons. And, you know, we, we need people that are always going to rock up uh, in your Sunday league. Yeah. yeah. Get their 30 quid, do an honest job and go home because they enjoy it. And that's the level they want to do. Fantastic. We love them. They are a big part of our game. But if we can capture a couple of hundred people and have other people go, I want to do that. I want, I want that opportunity. Yeah. I'm going to work even harder. And that's actually what that's created now is that little competition and that little bit of, I want that seat in that classroom. You know, mm. I want to be part of this. And so, yes, it has really kind of opened the eyes and got people enthused about what ifs. Yeah, I wish I had it 23 years ago. Part of me wishes I um, didn't throw the, throw, the, <laughs> throw, throw the towel in. You know, that's what that's the way it is. But um, but yeah, so like it's it's quite a, a key part of what you're doing there. I mean, like, how what's the relationship like between people from the other regions? You know, you say you've got six or seven in, in your area covering this sort of like Midlandsy, yeah. like, mid south. What's the relationship <coughs> like with 
your group in comparison to the rest of the, the UK? Do you meet up all together when you do these sort of things? Or we we don't, but um, we're very lucky because we're seen as a development group of referees in England. We get the opportunity to go and do Premier League tournaments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so last month we were at Derby County where one of our other coaches went with four referees, but then there was four referees and a coach from two or three different regions. Oh, so okay. they get to work together, they get to share ideas. Um, we all overlap at some stage, but we, we don't necessarily uh, have big national events because that's going to be huge. You know, we've got a couple hundred referees on this, plus the location, the, the graphics, etc. But um, all of them have got a central leader. They meet uh, every couple of months and yeah. give their progress reports. So we, we know what's going on in other areas. Um, but no, there isn't such an overlap. Do any of the big boys, like the Premier League guys and the and the Championship guys, do they come down to meet you guys as well? They're at, actually, some of the coaches are guys that are operating at the top. So, for mm. example, Anthony Taylor, yeah. he runs the North West region. Does Kev Friend still do? Kev Friend. Love Friendy, man. That's my boy, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love him so much, man. He still He's has his man guy. bag. Does he? Uh, love yeah. him, man. Love him. Friend, Friendy runs uh, the Eastern region, yeah. so that's uh, the Eastern counties into Lincolnshire. Mm-hmm. So he runs an area there. Uh, we've also got people... Um, you know that that operate at the championship on the national league. Mm-hmm. Uh, that are coaches. We're very lucky here in Northampton. We've got Stuart Burt, who yeah. was, um, you know, he flew in this morning from doing Austria Macedonia last night yeah. to come and do uh, tuition today. Yeah. Yeah. Austria's yeah, meant fantastic. to be a decent night out as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure they're allowed too many nights out. <laughs> but, you know, but we, we've got. Probably why I don't do it anymore. <laughs> Sponsor my leg. Yeah, um. <laughs> but you know the, the coaches. We've got such a vast experience. You know, we've got a, an active FIFA assistant to. I say me at the bottom of the rain, but you know, I, I, I did quite well locally and get mm. to know the system and. Uh, and, and try and chip in my way there. Yeah, that's excellent. I'm like the Mourinho. Yeah. <laughs> You're the, spe- the special. But never went out and won medals. So, okay, so here's my question then, and hopefully this, uh, there are some people here who watch this and listen to this. If they are interested in becoming uh, a, a referee... Um, where can they get in contact? Where can they go look? What, what's, yeah. how's, the, how's that process? What, so what so the process you... is really simple. Um, get in touch with your local football association if you're not sure who they are or where they are. You know, there's quite a lot of boundary overlaps and old boundaries. Just go through the FA. Just Google it online. Uh, the course uh, is fantastic now. We do online learning, so you, you learn all about the laws. So if you thought you knew offside... Wait until you do that. Uh, (laughs) If you thought you knew handball. Think again. We spent three hours talking about that today. So, um, (laughs) you know, all the laws we teach you online. There's an online module. And then you, it's like driving a car. You can't, we can't teach you the referee in a classroom. So you come on board with us for two days, normally a weekend. And we actually teach the practical, the how to, the how to give that. Uh, that challenge because you know everyone knows what's a foul not what, what's not a foul you know mm. so then we do the practical elements you go away referee five games uh, and then you come back into us do an evaluation an exam you know your knowledge of the game and then uh, off you go and you get well supported by your local FA and I take it at that point then they're then in the is it the referee circuit for then doing your Saturday games Sunday games whenever people are available yeah right and then from there if they obviously show the promise then you guys will then support yeah. them to go up to the yeah. next level to next and, and, it, and it's all down to that referee don't think that you have to come in you know, again it's so similar to playing if you just want to rock up for your Sunday league team because you want to be out or about with your mates Fantastic! That's really important to the game. We have people like that. Same referee, and we want people to come out, do our adult games on a Sunday morning. Like I said, get you thirty quid, go home for lunch. Um, but equally, if we've got a classroom full of people that go, do you know what? I want to do the next FA Cup final. Okay, bit of work. Yeah, <laughs> but we want them on board. Yeah, uh, and okay. So talking to those people who would who have aspirations of getting to that level. Start say if they were to start tomorrow, for example, you had the course tomorrow. Not I don't know if you do, probably don't. But how long do you think it would be realistic expectation in the current climate? 
for them to get to that stage? Because obviously you're, uh, the, the, the lad you mentioned earlier has gone from level four to now into the football league and he's yeah. done it in, what, four or five years yeah. there? Yeah. How long has it taken him from to get from where he was to level four and then obviously from there onwards? How long do you think it would be if they were to... It's, in it's, a perfect scenario. Yeah, in a perfect scenario, you could do it within 10 years. Of course you could. But what you've got to put, and you know, Gab would have experienced this, mm-hmm. you need a lot of luck. You need a lot of commitment. You've got a have... decent assessor. <laughs> I can say that now. X ref, what? Um... <laughs> but but you've, you've, you've got to have an awful lot on your side to be yeah. able to help you there. Same with playing. You go out, you yeah. practice, you've got to get that one person to pick you up, put you in a, a team, and maybe someone being injured, you get your opportunity to do that. Refereeing, again, is really similar to that. You've, you've got to really embrace the opportunity and. But at the end of the day, it's only a career when you get to the top levels. Mm-hmm. So what's really important to me, if we've got young referees or, you know, we've got teenagers that are going, do you know what, I can do a better job than them lot. Fantastic, come and join us. But equally, uni's important, your career's important, because mm. that's what's always going to bring your your bread and butter on the table. Um, but yeah, realistically, within 10 years, you could. Uh, you, you could you could get up there you could certainly get up there okay cool I mean are you um, do you personally have uh, or is there anybody way that people can follow say on social media do you have a Twitter handle or Instagram handle or anything like that where you guys can post or they can see people's stories and if they obviously get invested that way um, on a local can... level yeah you know obviously we're going to have viewers uh, from a lot of different destinations uh, so y- your best thing is just just have a look at refereeing in your local area. Look at your local FA. We've still got Referees Association, which is a bit of a union stroke social I do club. miss that. Is there a chance I can still go to the quiz night? You can. It's in January. <laughs> Decent. <laughs> Love that. Brilliant. But you, there is a buffet this year. I'm, I'm not devastated. available this year. Um, <laughs> okay, so yeah, buffets uh, aside, obviously <laughs> quizzes. But, but So get, get in contact with their local FAs. Yeah. Keep an eye out for uh, obviously courses and uh, uh, opportunities there. Anything anywhere else they what, can go what, to? What I could do, I could put a link on the top, top page and I could share that out as yeah. well. Yeah, what I'll yeah. we'll do is uh, we'll, we'll get the link out for the FA referee and how to yeah. get into it. And then through that, it will filter around where in the country you, you want to be able to. And obviously anyone outside England, you know, the, the network's very, very similar. You've been listening to the Weekly Football Review Show, 2 at